With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Bishop Gilbert Coleman, and you're listening to Straight from the Pastor's Heart Ministries. Prepare yourself to receive what's going to be a life-changing word. And um, I'm going to kind of pick up from where I was on last Wednesday night. And uh, I'll tell you, those of you who are here tonight will be uh, the benefactors of some good meat. Some good meat. So sad that many of our brothers and sisters choose not uh, to be here on a Wednesday night, but uh, that's their loss. Amen. That's their loss uh, because there are times when the Lord will give uh, pertinent and very relative and significant information uh, to those of us who do attend. uh, And um, those who don't come will be wondering where that come from when they hear you talking about it, you know, because they thought not to be here. So that's, again, their loss. All right. Uh, Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. That's where we were on last week. And we're going to pick up from there again today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Amen. And uh, yeah, let's, let's stand one more time just to honor the word of the Lord. Ephesians 2, verse 10. And if you have it, would you please say amen? Listen to the word of the Lord. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared when? Beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we are continuing with the thought created for so much more. Created for so much more. God bless you. Have your seats in the presence of Almighty God. The life of Jesus is a prime example of a man that was in full understanding of why he was created. During the life of the master, there was never ever a time when he was in some sort of a quandary, when he was in uh, some sort of deep consternation as to why it was that he was here, as to what purpose he was supposed to carry out while he was walking on this planet. Uh, any conversation that you might hold with him, he could tell you at any given moment as to exactly why uh, he was placed here. Uh, and in fact, he would even say to some others uh, what his sole purpose was for being on the earth at given times. And when he would say those things, uh, some of them even rebuked him. Yeah, Peter said, man, it'll never happen. Uh, basically, he was saying over my dead body, you know, these things are going to take place. Uh, and Jesus even had to say to him, get behind me, Satan. He said, he said, you just got your mind on the things of man and not on the things of the kingdom. 
Uh, okay, and so he was in always full understanding of exactly why he was on this planet, what he needed to carry out. In fact, even when he needed to carry it out, where he needed to carry it out, um, because there were times when he said, we have to go through Samaria, or we have to go through Galilee, you know, or other times when he was invited uh, to go to certain places, he said, I'm sorry, I can't go, y'all go. He said, but I'm sorry, I, I, I can't do that right now and will show up later. Or other times when uh, he was told about friends of his that were dying and uh, he said, I'm sorry, I can't go right now. Show up four days later, all those kinds of things. He was always, again, in full control of why he was created to do whatever he had to do while on this planet Earth. Now, not only uh, during his adult years, but Jesus was very much in tune and in touch and in step with what he was supposed to do even when he was a boy. So what that says to us also is that uh, it is very important to all of us uh, to find out exactly what you're supposed to be doing as early as possible. Amen. Amen. Because the quicker or the sooner that you discover what you're supposed to be doing while in this earth, it gives you much more time to be able to carry it out. Amen. Yeah. In fact, let me show you scripture. I'll show you the scripture then. Go to Luke chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 46. Luke chapter 2, verse 46. We're going to go down 46 to 50. Luke 2, 46 to 50. Luke chapter 2, verse 46, down to verse 50. And do you have it? All right, now look what it says there. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. Now, 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 actually, this makes four days because they had been looking for him for a whole day because they thought that he was already in the midst. Uh, after a whole day's journey that they had left um, and uh, they had on their way back home and they thought that Jesus was with the rest of the family. When they discovered that he wasn't, then they had to go back. So actually, wow, this makes five days because they had to walk back a day to get back to the city. And so he's now missing five days. Can you imagine as a parent what kind of hysteria you might be in knowing your child is missing for five days? Well, maybe that don't bother y'all, okay. Uh, but they found him where? In the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. He's with the teachers, and not only is he listening, but he's asking questions at 12 years old, sitting with these scholars, and he's there asking them questions. Then look what it says. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Now how in the world this young boy, this kid, how he know all this stuff that he could converse with us on our level? Isn't it amazing? There are some children who sometimes, because of the fact that they are kind of accelerated in the way that they think, that they can sometimes sit down and hold a very legible conversation with an adult. Mm -hmm. and, and, and watch this, and sometimes we want to tell those kids, learn how to stay in a child's place. And I understand that, I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, don't, don't try to squash their mind and push them back up inside themselves and not allow them to fully develop. Are y'all still here? Okay, then, then look what it says. So when they saw him, talking about his father and mother, when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? 
<laughs> now, now, come on, come on now. Let's, let's be real. You, you, you dad and you mom, you've been looking for your child for five days. And then when you finally do see them and you see what they're doing, and they say, hey man, where you been with? Why'd you do this? And he said, why was you looking for me? The hair in the back of your neck would raise up, you know that. And, 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 and for some of us, for some of us, your hand would start flying before you knew it. Before you could even catch yourself, you, your hand was already flying, you know what I mean? He said, but why did you seek me? Here, here it is. Did you not know I must be about my father's business? I'll be about my father's business. Now, now think about this also. Here's Joseph standing there. His earthly dad. And he says, don't you know I should be about my father's business. Can you imagine what that does to him as a human being? He has to hear this because now his mind has to be filled with all kind of thoughts. Like, what is this boy talking about? My father's business. I, I, you know, and of course, I'm his dad. You know what I'm saying? But he said, I have to be about my father's business. And then it says, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Now, now again, here, look at this. How can he not, or how can they not understand what he was saying when they were told who he was? Come on now. Before he was born, they were told who he was. They were told what he would do, what he would be about. They were told all of that. And then he tells them, now is the time for me to set out to be about my father's business. And he says, they don't understand it. Are y'all understanding me? I mean, how could they be that so out of focus when this boy is already focused at 12 years old? He knows what he's supposed to be about. And to think, many of us in this room right now, at 12 years old, you wouldn't think about no purpose. You wouldn't think about destiny. Am I right about that? You was not thinking about your father's business. Amen. Because around that time, about 12 years old, you're thinking about monkey business. You were not thinking about doing anything of any real purpose. You know, didn't have no definition to life. Okay, just playing every day. Okay, but this young man had already focused, he had he already plugged in to what he was supposed to be about, what he's supposed to do in this earth, which again points to the fact that all of us should desire to try to plug in to who and what you're supposed to be in this earth realm as quickly as possible. Because of course, the longer it takes you to plug in, the more wasted time you have on your hands. Y'all got that? Because therefore, a spirit then of complacency, lethargy, and mediocrity has consumed many of us, preventing us from striving for more. A spirit of complacency. In actuality, we get to a place, some of us, of complete satisfaction. Okay, that I'm just satisfied now. I don't need to strive anymore because at least I have all of the uh, comfortabilities of American life. Uh, that I have at least the American dream. I have that already because I have that already. Then I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm right where I am. I don't need to push for anything more. So that, of course, leads into a spirit of lethargy, uh, a spirit of slowfulness, laziness, procrastination. We don't really push anymore. We don't challenge ourselves anymore. And some of us are just in that place to where, hey, you know, I'm just biding my time until Jesus finally breaks the sky. 
okay? And of course, that spirit of lethargy also leads to a spirit of mediocrity, to where average, you know, uh, just the mundane, you know, whatever it is, you know, case sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be, you know, that's how I'm gonna live my life. And so you don't push yourself anymore at all. And all you do is accept things just the way they are every day without ever looking to see the fact that you can have more in this life. In fact, Jesus said, I came to give you life and that life what? more abundantly, more abundantly. So if Jesus said more abundantly, then why is it then that we are complacent, lethargic, and live with this spirit of mediocrity? Why do we just want average? Uh-huh. When it says, you know, unto him who's able to do exceeding and what? Abundant, above all you could ever what? About what you could ask or think. So he says, if that's uh, the life that he has planned for us, then why is it then that you sometimes may be just willing to accept whatever comes down the pike? For some people, we settle because we accept the very first thing that comes along. Because understand this, that sometimes in order to get God's best, in order to get God's perfect will for your life, it means waiting. Amen, I know I'm right. It means waiting. It means having to put uh, in some time and some sweat equity, you know, before what it is that the Lord has for you actually comes along. And watch this, and sometimes what will happen is that the enemy will even come with what is fool's goal, trying to get you to jump on something that looks like it was sent by God, but it does not have God's endorsement on it at all. Amen. 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 Uh, because the Bible says that uh, it is possible that the very elect could be fooled. Hallelujah. Amen. And so therefore, there's going to be those times when as much as you would think that what is being presented to you right now is just what it is. That's just what I need, what I'm supposed to have. Uh, but if you just wait just a little while longer. Uh, it's like this. Um, uh, those of you who ride the subway, uh, you get on the subway and there's one train that's the local. And it makes all the stops. Stops at every station. But if you wait just a little while, you can catch the express. And some of those stations where the local stops, the express doesn't. Because it, it keeps right on going through that station. But of course, some of us are impatient and don't want to wait for the express to come, so we catch the local and then get on the local and complain. <laughs> because it stops at every stop. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. So sometimes you just have to be just a little bit more patient and wait for the express train, amen, to take you to your destination and you can get there even quicker when you are willing to wait for God's best, for God's perfect will. Are you hearing me? Why? Because we are his workmanship and remember we've been created in Christ Jesus uh, that God prepared when? Beforehand. So God prepared this stuff beforehand. So remember, as I was sharing with you last week, that before you and I showed up on the planet, this stuff was already laid out and all that you and I have to do now is walk in it. You have to walk in it. Now, again, as you walk in it, we never ever know exactly what's going to take place. Uh, some things are probably a little more definitive than others. Some, of, some things are, are uh, kind of, uh, I guess, immersed in a cloud, so to speak, and you have to wait for the cloud to lift before you can actually see where it is that God is trying to direct you. But bottom line is, is that some of the things that he wants to take place in our life will be at times incomprehensible. It's the truth. 
it'll be incomprehensible. You'll be wanting to try to figure this thing out. You want to put your mind to it and make it happen, you know, in your head that, oh, yeah, I got my mind on it. No, 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 no. Because you got to be waiting until God shows you what he really wants to do as opposed to you conjuring up some stuff that you believe is God's will when in actuality it is your will that you tried to force to become God's will. Y'all still with me? Mm-hmm. All right. So God knows and God loves us just the way we are. However, also God loves us too much to let us stay the way that we are. So, of course, the scripture says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, you don't have to turn, you can write it down. Philippians 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, what? Shall perform it until when? The day of Jesus Christ. So that means that we are under construction, continually under construction. That the spirit of the living God is continuing to work on every one of us, and each day um, we are this work in progress. We, we are uh, th this construction that is taking place on a daily basis and the Spirit of God is just throwing things out one after the other, getting rid of pride, getting rid of envy, getting rid of jealousy, getting rid of bitterness, getting rid of impatience. Uh-oh. <laughs> Amen, y'all. Get, getting rid of lack of self-control. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Getting rid of worry, getting rid of doubt, getting rid of fear. Yeah, and this stuff is taking place on a daily basis. We're being worked on. And so don't any of us ever think that we've arrived to the place to where you've already conquered all those things because the truth is some things you really have not conquered. It's just that they have been laying uh, dormant for you. Yeah, you preaching. Yeah, it's been laying dormant for a while. And now what will happen is that the Lord will allow the enemy to stir that stuff up huh, just to see where you are with it. So you say, I don't worry no more. I don't worry no more. Hey, hey but, but, but get to the place to where you miss a check. <laughs> you miss a check, you miss a couple checks. Now let's see where your head is at. No, 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 let's see where your spirit is. Let's see if you really have all that faith you said you had. Okay, but now because of the fact that uh, the money that is usually always supplied is not there, and so now you truly have to totally depend on God to work this situation out for you. Will you trust him? Or will you take it upon yourself to go in on and try to figure out some way that you're gonna make the money happen yourself? Amen. Will you wait for the plan of God or will you devise your own plan? <laughs> why y'all so quiet up in here? Uh, because you know what? When money start getting a little slack, then what we start doing is start thinking of who we can borrow from. Who is it that I don't owe? And I might be able to get myself a couple of dollars to hold me over. It's quiet up in here. But suppose the Lord has a different plan whereby you'll be able to get that money and you won't owe anybody. Amen, y'all. So, so, so we got to get to a place then uh, to where you understand that there's this work uh, that is going on in your life. Uh, and, and the thing is that what God is looking for most of all from every one of us is cooperation. Amen. 
He wants you to cooperate with his plan. Because remember, the scripture says he shall perform it. It's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. And because it's an ongoing process, um, some of the things that God will take uh, you and I through, some of it is a quick work. Other things that he wants to do will not be as quick. Okay, and it'll be a long enduring process, but the Bible says that he that endures to the end shall receive the crown of light. Isn't that what it says? So you must endure, you must endure. You have to have perseverance. You gotta have a don't give up, don't quit spirit. Amen. Amen. Because remember that he is allowing these things because he is working on you and I. Mm -hmm. Working on that temper of yours. I know y'all won't have no temper, I understand. That was just for me, okay. Yeah, I know, I know y'all won't get upset. You, you, you don't get angry with nobody. Come on now, you don't hang up the phone on nobody. You, you don't stop talking to people. Oh, that was the home run ball right there. Uh-huh, stop talking to people. Days at a time. Stop talking to people because I just don't want to be, a part. I don't want to be bothered with you. I, watch this, I don't even want to be in your presence. Now, think about this. You don't want to talk to this person. Suppose they died. Huh? Suppose they died. And the last thoughts that the two of you have of each other is an argument. And then they die and you have to carry the weight of that thing after they gone because you had the opportunity to reconcile and you didn't do it. And here it was that God was allowing that situation in your life to work on you and your temper. And you missed it. You missed a good opportunity to grow. Because that's what that's really all about. It's an opportunity for you, us to grow or to mature when we come into these various circumstances. Are you hearing me? Because no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Right? Yes. So therefore, we don't, we're not supposed to get trapped by that stuff. You should see what's going on and, and, and recognize it as this great opportunity for you now to mature, for, for you to move to another place in God. That you can finally conquer this one thing that has been a plague for you for some period of time and then move on to the next part of your process. Amen. That, that, that for some of us, therefore, that's the reason why you wouldn't have to repeat certain things all the time. For some of us in here, some of the same circumstances come up in your life continually and you still don't recognize that what he's trying to do is to aim at a particular place in your walk. For some of us, it's just about your love walk. Amen. Trying to show you how it is you're supposed to be loving on other people and you to keep on allowing these situations to come up in your life to where you have to demonstrate his love. Demonstrate his grace. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, stay with me now because you see, it doesn't take a majority to make a change, but only a determined, sound-minded, radical thinking person with a sound cause. Don't take much to change. Sound-minded, that'll be a radical thinking person. Radical. Now, when you're a radical thinking individual, you're gonna be thinking out the box, off the beaten path, um, in many instances, you're going to be thinking very differently from most people around you. 
And in fact, a lot of people around you won't even really be able to handle you because of the fact that you never seem to think like everybody else. In fact, they're gonna think you downright strange. So why is it that your mind is always in such a different place? <laughs> Amen. Now also, now understand this here, you don't want to become this radical thinking individual just because of the fact that you choose to irritate people. <laughs> that, that's not what this is supposed to be about. You're not supposed to desire to be some irritant, but there should be a cause. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Once you define what that purpose is, once you define what destiny is, now there should be a cause connected to your purpose. What is it that you're supposed to be about? Okay, and within the confines and context of your purpose and destiny, what's the cause, what's the reasoning for why you do what you do? Okay, uh, because there should be a solid, sound reason for you doing the things that you do. You, you should not just be some abstract uh, individual, you know, that you're just all over the place all the time, you know, and that there's nothing ever, any sort of real consistency in your life. Because even though you may be perseverant, there should still be some consistency about you. Amen. Listen, even though you're radical, we still should be able to see some continuity in your life. Uh -huh. so, so that when we come around you, uh, at least the one thing we know about you, you got a peaceable spirit. And because you have this peaceable spirit, this, this uh, spirit of humility about you, and because we can always identify that, other than the fact that one day you're humble, the next day you're boastful, you know what I'm saying? The next day, like I said, you become this irritant to where you're just all over the place, you know, and nobody can ever really pinpoint you. And you know what? I've learned that there are some people who do that stuff on purpose. Amen. They do that stuff on purpose. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because say, I don't want nobody to ever be able to figure me out. Well, hey, look, you know what? And the real deal is, it is not so much that we really want to figure you out, but at least we want to know how we're supposed to receive you. Amen. How we receive you. And, and, and because here's the thing, the way that you are received is also the way that people are going to perceive you. Are you hearing me? Because if they see you, first of all, if they, listen, let's put it this way. If they see you as this radical person, then without a doubt, after a while, a lot of people are gonna to wanna to gravitate towards you because they admire someone who has that kind of confidence and courage that kind of boldness, okay? But at the same time though, if they perceive that, you, that you're this radical individual just because of the fact that you wanna seem uh, like you're head and shoulders above everybody else, they're not gonna receive you that, that very well uh, at all. In fact, they'll be doing everything they can to avoid you. Amen, y'all. So there has to be what? A cause. Gotta be a reason for this stuff. Let me show it to you. Go to 1 Samuel 17. Go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, verse 28. 1 Samuel 17, verse 28. Show you what I'm talking about. 1 Samuel 17, verse 28. You there? Okay, now look what it says here. Now Eliab, his older brother, heard 
when he spoke to the men, this is David, and David has come down uh, to the battle. David, uh, the Philistines are facing, the uh, Philistines and the uh, Israelite army are facing each other. And of course, uh, we know Goliath has come out you know, to try them and all that stuff, right? And David is now there at the battlefield, and he's been talking to some people, and Eliab happens to overhear the conversation. Y'all got that? So that's some of the history, all right? He spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David and he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He said, what you down here for, man? What you come for? Well, you're supposed to be watching sheep. Now one of the things, of course, is that um, he's upset because remember, David's been chosen as king. <laughs> he's been chosen as king and he's remembering this so he said hey man why are you down here basically Mr. King what you come down here for got it okay so he says you left these few sheep in the wilderness I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down to see the battle and David said what have I done now what I do all I did was show up and now you upset why are you so mad? And then here comes the blockbuster statement. Question, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for me to be down here? Is there not a reason? Because the reason being that Goliath been coming and standing in your face for 40 days and not one of you have decided to do nothing about it. You know, now he could have went on to say you're a bunch of wimps. All right, because Eliab was surely not going out there to face Goliath. Are you hearing me? Not even Saul, the king, was going out there either. And for 40 days, 40 days, here it is, Goliath comes out to taunt them, and all he does is taunt them, say, send, send, come on, let's, let's fight. Send somebody out here to fight me. Say, no, I'm, you going, not me, brother. You go, no, brother, not me. For 40 days, they go through this, and then here come little old David, sheep herder, who finally says, no problem, I'll go out there and fight. Why? Because there's a cause. So therefore, every one of us ought to have a cause. There should be something that you're willing to fight for. Ah, there should be something that, in fact, watch this, that you're willing to die for. Amen. Yeah, is there anything in this world that you're willing to die for other than, watch this, just another human being? Uh, you, you don't understand me. Listen, listen. If you're gonna die for that human being, what's the reason? What is the cause? What is it that right now, that if we were to take you aside and talk to you, what do you stand for? Not only what do you stand for, what do you stand on? Are y'all hearing me? What do you stand for? You know what I'm saying? Is, is, is there something that you can point to that you know unequivocally that the spirit of the living God has placed you in this world and for this cause, for this reason, because remember, Jesus told him, he said, I've come here for the purpose of dying, to go to the cross, to give my life as a ransom for many. That was his cause. Now, if I talk to you, what's your cause? Can you, can you verbalize that for me? Can you put it in words? Tell me what the reason is. Wow, I got a captive audience tonight. Okay, so let's go on then. 
Because see, every person must believe that they are just as significant as the person who appears to have it all together. Because there are some people who are just, you know, when you come into their presence, you can tell that they have such a peaceful spirit about them. There's like a glow about them. Uh, uh, there are individuals who, when they talk to you, they always look you straight in the eye. They're very confident about themselves. Uh, they're not reserved about anything. Uh, they can always speak, you know, in such a way uh, that is commanding. You know what I'm saying? That, uh, um, that they're an individual that when uh, you come around them, that you can tell that there's just something about their spirit, that they're not afraid of anything. Okay, they're ready to deal with any and every situation. And so there are a lot of us that are that way, but there are others of us who are not that way. There are some of us who are very timid, some of us very shy, some of us very bashful, and don't have a commanding spirit. Because you should be able to go into the presence of other people, and when you go there, it is not that you're trying to stand head and shoulders above anybody, you're just going there standing knowing that I have realized and I am in touch with who I am. Yes. And so because I know who I am, I am not afraid to stand in your midst. I can stand with kings, I can stand with nobles. Are you here? I can stand with presidents. And no matter who I'm with, no matter whose presence I stand in, I am still very much aware of who I am. I'm not threatened, nor am I intimidated by anybody else's presence. Okay? Now, now there are some people though that just don't operate that way because they're not sure of themselves. And one moment they may be sure, another moment they're not. One day they may be sure, another day they may be not. Are you hearing me here? So, so children of God, you gotta come to a place to where there's a total consistency about you and your spirit. Amen, that people have come to know you as an individual who really knows not only uh, what's on their mind, but also who knows how to speak their mind. Because there's some of us that are afraid to speak our mind. We're afraid to say what we know is taking place deep down inside of us. So we hold those things inside. Guess what that means? You're not being true to yourself. Amen. Amen. And we hold back certain things, you know, because of the fact that we don't want uh, people to uh, categorize us, uh, to put us uh, in some sort of a box, so to speak, that they say, well, this is the way that they are. Well, that's not altogether bad. Because it's okay for people to be able to look at you and say, that's how he is or that's how she is. Especially when it is that they are uh, saying that, uh, they say that about you because they can see that you are certain of who you are. Is that okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh, Okay, so therefore, you gotta see yourself that even though you may not have reached that place yet, you still have got to see yourself as being significant. You gotta see yourself as someone who has meaning in this life. You've got to see yourself as a person that no matter what takes place in life, that this world is not complete without me. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, that, that's what you have to think about yourself, that this world is not complete without me. Because guess what? No matter what takes place, we all could leave here before you, and if Jesus has not cracked the sky, we can't crown him till you get there. We have to all be together for the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
So therefore, you should see yourself now, even in this world then, as being significant. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you cannot look at somebody, and because of the fact that they drive a better car, or they live in a better place, or they wear nicer clothes and all that kind of stuff, you can't see them as being more than you just because of the fact that they are in that place. Are you understanding me? See, what you've got to understand is this. Where they are is where the Lord needs for them to be. And where you are is where the Lord needs for you to be. Because you can have impact and you can empower just right where you are. Listen, let me tell you something. Whatever your sphere of influence might be, hear those words. You, right where you are, have influence over the environment in which you dwell. You can be a changer, a life changer in people's lives right in the place where you serve. Amen. And, 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 but you know what's, what's unfortunate? Some of us desire to get out of the place where we are. Because you don't see how it is that God wants to use you where you presently dwell. Amen. You don't see yourself as a person who has actual meaning in the world. And listen, 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 the text, don't have to turn there, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He created it beforehand. So everything that is playing out in your life and in my life right now was done before the earth ever began. And all you have to do is walk in what it is that God is orchestrating for your life each and every day without fear. Without fear, watch this, and without uh, fear also of retribution from anybody who doesn't think that you should be where you are. Ooh-wee. Amen, y'all. Amen. Watch this, watch this, because go to Matthew chapter 10. Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Matthew 10, verse 29. Are you there? All right, now look at what it says. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? Did you see that? It said a sparrow. It said not even a sparrow, not a sparrow will fall to the ground except God knows about it. That means that every circumstance and condition and situation in your life, God has complete control of every one of them. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You can get a haircut and he still knows how many hairs is on there. Are y'all getting this? Then look what it says. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. You are valuable to God because the Lord cannot fully and totally complete his work in this earth without you. You are not created in this world arbitrarily and it doesn't matter how you got it either. Amen. Oh, I want you to please hear me. It doesn't matter how you got here. You're not here by, by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're here by God's divine providence. 
the Lord wanted you here and you were born at the time that you were born and no matter what the conditions might have been for your birth, you are still necessary. Amen. Amen. You're still necessary because you see, here's the thing. Talking about how valuable you are. See, an original is sometimes hard to find, but an original is always easily recognized. Amen. Oh yeah. An original is hard to find because in this world, it is unfortunate that too many people in the world, not just in the body of Christ, but too many people in the world want to be like other people. I don't know why it is that folks today don't want to be an original. Too many people now just want to be a copy. And in fact, it's a cheap copy. Because remember this, the further or far, the farther you get away from the original, the copy will not be as distinguishable. Am I right? Think about it. If, if, you're, if you're writing on something and there's a carbon under it, and let's say that there's two carbons under it, the top copy, the original looks great. By the time you get to that third one, you can't really make it out as well, can you? Are you hearing me? So then therefore, why try to be like somebody else instead of just being yourself? And understand just how valuable you are just being you instead of trying to copy somebody else. Are you understanding me here? Because think about this also. Suppose they copied somebody. So therefore, you are nothing but a copy of a copy. Amen. Just a copy of a copy. And there's no reason why you should be a copy when the Lord made you an original. When the Lord made you, there was nobody like you when he made you. And no matter how many other people will come to planet Earth in the next 10 years, there still won't be nobody like you. There's no reason for you to copy someone. And you should be proud of who you are. Amen, y'all. You should be proud of who you are. Listen, you don't have to be a millionaire to be somebody. Amen. Because right now, you may be sitting in this room with a million, with a million dollar idea. That makes you somebody. Amen. Let me, let me show you, because in fact, just recently, just recently, Pastor Rashid was sharing this with me about a young man who had an idea. He had an idea, you know, to, uh, uh, that would help to kind of revolutionize uh, the game of golf, you know. And by using uh, this particular instrument that he came up with, you know, um, uh, there was no doubt that it would make things more efficient, you know, and effective for, for golfers while they're on the course. And so he came to, with, with this idea and talked to some other people, um, and uh, he couldn't really design it, but somebody that could design it for him, you know, and so uh, uh, they get, went on to design it. Then he was you know, kind of communicating with them as they went on, you know, later about this particular product, and he said, well, man, what's happening? Anybody interested? Oh, no, no, nobody's interested. No, no, I don't know, just, just nobody's interested in it right now. It just won't work. No, well, <laughs> about what a month or two later, you know, he goes into a store and looks in the store, and there's his product. There's his product, and a major company had bought it. Hear me, a major company had bought the idea, and only because of the fact that he couldn't put it down himself and had somebody else to do it for him, they stole it. So here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Now yes, he can rest with the idea that it was the Lord who gave him the idea first, but he didn't get paid for it. Are you hearing me? So that still makes him somebody. 
because he can still have the pleasure of knowing that, hey, you may have stolen it from me, but I know where that came from. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this. So even though what I'm trying to show you is this, even if somebody copies you, you know where it all started. It starts with you, it is you. And so therefore you see yourself as being valuable because of the fact that it all starts where? With you. Come on, say it starts with me. Starts with me. That's right. Starts with you. you know, and so, therefore, you don't allow yourself to ever think that you are not valuable because of the fact that you are an original. And when you're an original, you can be easily recognized. See, understand something. Eagles never fly in a flock. Eagles always fly alone. Am I right about that? Eagles always fly alone. Amen. Amen. And here's the thing. It, let me say it to you this way. Um, because uh, eagles are rare. But when you encounter another eagle, you know who they are. Amen. Amen. And like I said, if eagles won't fly together, but they will recognize each other. And eagles, in a natural sense, will without a doubt converse with one another, but you won't always find them together doing things. <laughs> because they're too busy being an original. Y'all got that? Now also, God has put inside every person the potential to be passionate. Now that's the part where many of us lose it because passion will also, um, it will also develop aggressiveness in you. Now aggressiveness, not from a negative point of view, but you need to be aggressive because there are some people that you're just too passive. You're too docile. You're always too busy being nice. And because you're always being so nice, that's the reason why other people walk by you. Not only do they walk by you, but walk over you. Uh oh. You're supposed to be passionate about whatever it is that God has given you to do, whatever the cause is, whatever the reason is, you must be passionate about it. And I mean so passionate about this thing that it literally has consumed you. And each day of your life, you find yourself pushing yourself toward it. Are y'all hearing this? Yeah, you have to push yourself toward it. You cannot be some passive individual and believe that you're going to be successful in this life. You have to have a tough mindset. Amen. You got to be a tough man. You got to be a tough woman pushing. And sometimes, watch this, because you are passionate, sometimes you're going to find yourself being pushy. Yeah, see, because some people, some people can't handle the individual who's pushy. That's right. I know what's right. I know what's right. Some folks, some folks can't handle the person who's pushy because, because you, you are, you always, you're always checking on stuff. You're always following up on stuff. And you're always asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm trying to go somewhere here. Yeah. You know, and I do not want you impeding my progress. Yeah. Are you understanding me here? So therefore, you, you have been given this potential by God to be this passionate individual. The, listen, listen. The fervent prayer of a righteous man avails what? Much. The word fervent in the Greek means hot, passionate. So the hot, passionate prayer avails much. Not the little docile prayer, not the little passive prayer, the hot prayer, passionate. And so therefore, child of God, that potential is in you. And so why is it then that some of us don't bother to stir that up? 
Amen. That you're always just taking it easy. You're laid back about everything. You cannot be laid back about everything and again believe that you're going to be successful in this life because you're created for so much, so much more. You got to be passionate, right? Because you see, too many people only take a light interest, Pastor Rashid, in their destiny. Take a light interest in your destiny. There are some of us in this room right now that you know that the Lord has called you for something special, but you spend no time on it at all. Your destiny don't mean much to you because you're too consumed by your nine to five. Eight to four, seven to three, 11 to seven, three to 11. Amen. Whatever your hours may be. And you're so consumed by that is a reason why you take such light interest in your own destiny. So because you take light interest in your own destiny, you also place little wealth and value on yourself and your gifting. You don't think that your gifting is worth anything. So that's the reason why you don't work on it. That's the reason why you don't push yourself toward it because you don't think that anything that God gave you will ever fetch anything. So I'm just gonna do what everybody else does. And let me tell you something, if you're gonna go where you've never been before, then you gotta do what you've never done. You gotta push yourself out of that comfort zone. You gotta push yourself out of passivity and move into passion. Oh, I know I'm talking real good right now. In fact, can you look at somebody and tell them, say, move into passion. Yeah, move into passion. Move into passion. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Man, I can't get through this thing again tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Still a long way to go. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. I'm going to give you two more principles and then I'm going to shut up for the night. Okay? Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. Y'all there? Look, whatever, somebody say whatever. Whatever. Yeah, huh? Whatever your hands find to do, do it what? With your might. Why? For there is no work or device or knowledge in the grave where you're going. So in other words, once you're dead, it's over. You can no longer accomplish or achieve or become successful or prosperous once it's all over. Are you hearing me? You cannot be in the grave sending signals back to earth. So that's why while you're here on this earth, whatever your hands find to do, do it how? With your might, passionately. Everybody say it with me, I must do this passionately. You must do it passionately. You cannot be an individual who is just so slow for it the way you do things. Procrastinative, always putting things off to the next day. I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and I'll get to it never comes. It's quiet up in here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you know here there's a, there's no passion, no push, no drive in you, any whatsoever, no striving in you, any whatsoever, but you expect to make more money. You expect to be successful, and you're doing nothing. Amen, somebody. You are doing absolutely nothing, but you expect 
that one day, all of a sudden, you're going to have all this cash. Know why? Because you're waiting for the Lord to give it to you. I know God going to give it to you. Going to give it to me. No, God is not going to give it to you. I'm so sorry. It don't work like that. As I showed you on last week, all that God is going to do is put it in your reach and make you reach for it. You will go after it. Hallelujah. Amen. Because guess what? Well, I, I'm going to believe I'm going to write a book. Well, guess what? That book is not going to write itself. Are you hearing me? Because even if you use a computer, and use a computer, first of all, either you're going to type it, or you'll get you a software program whereby you can dictate it. But one way or another, you're going to do some work. And you have to do it with all your might. Because again, once you hit the grave, it's over. And it will be unfortunate if you die and go with your, leave your body in the ground with everything God gave you still in it. Are y'all hearing this? Like I said, two more principles and I'm out your way. Everyone loves something. Hear what I said again. Everybody what? Loves something. Therefore, our lives are shaped and motivated by what it is that we love. Your life is shaped and your life is motivated by what you love. So right now, child of God, look at yourself. What is it? Look at your life. What is it that you love? What is it that you love doing? Think about that. What do you absolutely love doing? And because of what you love, that's what you'll be passionate about. That's what you're ultimately going to have that drive for. And you'll push yourself because of how much you love it. Now, here's the wrong motivation. You cannot be driven or motivated by money. You cannot be in a position to where all you're saying is that I'm trying to get some more money. Trying to get some more money for what? What's the cause? Ah, what's the reason? Are you hearing me? See, because here's the thing. If all you after is money, then once you reach a certain place where you acquire a certain amount of money, Will you stop once you have that certain amount of money? Will you stop striving? So let's say that in your mind, an ultimate goal is $100,000. So you get to $100,000 and then you decide to stop. Your passion bottoms out. No more striving in you. No more challenge in you because you reached $100,000. Well, let me give you some shock treatment tonight. $100,000 ain't no money. You can spend that in a couple of hours. In fact, I can spend it in an hour. Maybe 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And if I keep on backing up, I can spend it even faster than that. But the bottom line though is that $100,000 really ain't no money. I know it sounds huge. It, it, it sounds huge to a person who don't have none. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm right, I know I'm right. Sounds huge when you don't have no money. $100,000, ooh, Lord, what I can do with $100,000? Yeah. And for many of us, you get $100,000, you ain't thinking about investing it. Not thinking about trying to put it nowhere. 
is thinking about what I'm going to do for me when I get it. Are y'all still understanding me? Huh? So therefore, child of God, therefore, now identify what you love and then be passionate about what you love and the accomplishment and the achievement of the cause that goes along with that love. Y'all got it? One more, one more principle, one more principle, I'm gonna let you go for tonight. Because you also gotta remember that most winners are ex-losers that became passionate. I love it myself. Most winners are just ex-losers that became passionate. People that failed over and over and over and over again, but then they found their love. And once they found their love, they became passionate about it. And that thing began to drive them so until they refused to stop until they became successful at it. Because then that person realized that they were created for more than what they were allowing themselves to experience. And there are some of us in this room right now that your experiences in life are very minute because of the fact that you are a minute thinker. You are a person who thinks only in the realm of comfortability. You don't think about how I'm going to move forward and out of the place where I am and into the place where I should be. Because here, you don't want to live this life and then one day die, or well, I should say on your way to death, and then it's I shoulda, woulda, coulda. Amen, y'all. So, ask yourself the question tonight, what am I created for? So since I'm created for so much more, what am I created for? What's the reason, what's the cause? What's the purpose, what's the destiny? Stop treating my destiny and my purpose so lightly. You can come, John. Stop, let's stop doing that. And let's become not only passionate, but also become what? Aggressive. Aggressive. To the point to where I was saying a little while ago, sometimes just being Mildred, what? Downright pushing. Downright pushing. Because think about this. When um, Black Friday comes, <laughs> y'all know, come on, don't play with me. <laughs> you may not go, but you sure know about it. Black Friday comes, and when Black Friday comes, and there's certain things that you got in your mind, let's say if you're there, that you know that you want to get your hands on, and you got up at two o'clock in the morning to be there for a door that opened at five, Come on now, young, am I right? For a door that opened at five, and you there near the front, and as soon as that door opens, what do you do? Start pushing. And you push your way inside. Well, child of God, I'm trying to understand then, Ron, why is it that many of us are not that pushy when it comes to your destiny? Why are you not that pushy when it comes to your purpose? Why are you not striving now? when it comes to those things. But you'll strive for something that's just a material thing that ultimately, as the Bible says, will fade away. So all the things of the world will fade away. Only the things of God will stand, what, forever. So when you're gonna become passionate, when you're gonna be like David and, 
ask yourself the question, is there not a cause? Isn't there a reason why I should be doing this? And that the life that you live becomes more than just some humdrum, boring life. A repetitious cycle of nothingness that you live each and every day. Get up every day and repeat, repeat the same old, vicious, traditional, habitual, ritualistic ceremony every day with no change and then call that life. You gotta become passionate, church. You gotta be driven. That's why I don't know, I can't speak for nobody else. But for myself, man, even when I know I'm supposed to rest, some days I can't lay there. I mean, man, I'll be honest with you. There's some days, Angie, I'm, I mean, I'm tired. But there's something in me that drives me to get up. And I get up out of that bed because the deal is this here. The longer you lay there, the less time you have to do what you're supposed to do. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Amen, y'all. And I'm not saying don't get your rest. Absolutely, get your rest. Go to bed earlier. Uh-oh. Yeah, go to bed earlier. Because there may be somebody in here right now, I don't know, I'm just gonna put it out there. Somebody who has a late spirit. And you got a late spirit because you can't get up. You're not driven. Because you don't have nothing driving you except your job. And you should not be driven by your job, you should be driven by your work. And the nine to five that you go to every day is not your work. That's just your job. It may give you some money, but that's still not your work. You gotta become passionate about what? Your work. And your work is what it is that you're supposed to love. Amen. And what you love, you'll put extra effort behind it. You'll do it with all your might. Because you will not have opportunity to do it when the Lord calls you home. Amen. And you don't know, I don't know the day nor the hour when the Lord's going to call us out of here. Whether it be as an individual or whether he calls us out as a body, we don't know when it's going to happen. So you better be about your work now. You're going to ask yourself the question again tonight. Before you lay down tonight, ask yourself the question, is there not a cause? Every time I read that scripture, Red, it just, it just reverberates inside me. Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for all of this? Is there not a reason as to why it is that certain things have taken place in my life that were just literally unexplainable? And it happened, but now as I look back in retrospect, I realize that it absolutely was for a solid reason. There was a cause as to why this thing took place. Amen. You are created for so much more than you give yourself credit for. So much more. And let me say this as I get ready to pray for you. It don't matter what your age is. 
stop saying that I don't got to a certain place in life now. I can't be trying no more now. Oh, it's quiet. Yeah, that's right. You can't be putting no age on this thing. The Bible says that when Moses died at 120 years, he was still strong and vital. That's what the Bible says. He was still strong. Problem was he had just been disobedient. But he was still strong. And so child of God, you can be the same. I was just looking today, um, they were showing um, uh, Catherine Jackson, Michael Jackson's mom on TV. She's 81 years old. That woman looks so good. She looks wonderful at 81 years old. And the Bible says even in Psalm 92, it says that you should be fat and flourishing even in your old age. Amen, y'all. Because it says whatever you find to do, do it what? With all your might before you hit the grave. Before you hit the grave. So please, children of God, please get this in your spirit that you and I are created for what? So much more. You are created what? For so much. You are created what? You are, one more time, you created what? And if you believe that, then give God a praise tonight. Come on. Stand to your feet. And, and you know what? <laughs> it's just this one verse. But by the grace of God, I have to continue. I, I'm not finished. I still have a bunch, bunch more notes that I had for this. So by the grace of God, I'll be here again next week. Yeah. I'm going to stay right here until the Lord releases me. Amen. Until we all get this. And, and, and I'm telling you, please, tell the remainder of your brothers and sisters in the body, they need to be here for this. Amen. Because there's some more of our body, you know, that right now, living way beneath their privilege. Deeply beneath it. Because they don't even understand how significant they are to the work of God in the earth. To the plan of God in the earth. That there's a plan that the Lord has laid out for every one of us. The supreme architect of the universe has a plan, listen, for your life. You as an individual, he has this major plan just for you. And it's supposed to be a plan that affects all the rest of us. If you do what you're supposed to do, I guarantee you, you will touch thousands of lives. Thousands. I never thought, I want you to hear me, I never thought as a young man growing up in North Philadelphia, that I would ever be used the way God has used me to go around the world to share his gospel and to see literally thousands upon thousands of lives be touched and changed because of his investment in my life. But it's only because of the fact that I, I said yes to him and I'm passionate about what I do. You gotta become the same way. I mean, driven. When you get up in the morning, it's gotta be a thing that when you wake up, it's gotta be, oh, y'all in trouble world, I woke up. I woke up today, oh my gosh, y'all are in trouble. I showed up again today. 
That's the way it's got to be for you. And you have to be in constant pursuit of what you love. And you'll always be in constant pursuit, watch this, of what you love if you're also in constant pursuit of who you're supposed to love. Amen. I know I said it right. I said it just right. I said, who you supposed to love? Because sometimes some, some of us love other human beings more than we love him. Amen. So, Father, thank you for another challenge. Thank you. You've been listening to Straight from the Pastor's Hearts Ministries. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And especially for that man and for that woman out there who does not know the Lord Jesus today, please know that it's a very, very simple process. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to jump up and down or anything like that. All that the Lord is looking for you to do is one simple thing. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead. You shall be saved. Please know it's just that simple. You don't have to do anything else. But more than anything, make sure that you listen back into us once again. Don't you dare miss it. We'll have some vital information for you once again to help you continue this great journey along with the Lord Jesus Christ. Love you all now. God bless. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.